Welcome to Friendly Words, the sermon podcast of Pratt Friends Church in Pratt, Kansas. The message you're about to hear was originally preached at Pratt Friends Church on Sunday, August 14, 2022. It focuses on praying for pastors, teachers, preachers, leaders in the church. The message to all who will listen is those whom God has gifted to equip and build up the church need prayer for their proclamation of the word and living out their faith. Now, here is Pastor Mike Neifert. Would you pray with me, please? God, thank you that you are in this place and that you desire for us to hear from your spirit. And when your word goes out, you always speak to us. God, help us to hear. And I pray that you would accomplish everything that you desire in us. Amen. Nightmare scenario. Local retired pastor's photo is used in a TV news feature listing pastors in the area who are alleged child abusers. This happened earlier this year to Dr. Charles Brown of Mobile, Alabama, the pastor emeritus at Government Street Baptist Church, a church which has operated a K-12 through Christian school on its campus since 1972. Another Charles Brown, also a former pastor in Alabama, was convicted of abuse in the mid-1980s, He was the Charles Brown on the list. The station was outing, not Dr. Brown of Government Street Baptist Church, whose picture was splashed across the screen during a noon report on May 27th. To the station's credit, they ran a correction on their 5 o'clock and their 10 o'clock newscasts that evening, but how many saw the earlier report? How many of them saw the correction as well? In an ironic twist, Dr. Charles Brown, the innocent man, was appointed by his denomination shortly after this to a key role in a task force investigating abuse among its pastors. This news was broadcast on the same Mobile Station's news program just three days after the photo swap snafu. I wonder two things. What happened to the reporter who messed up in such a big way? And how many still think this venerable older man is an abuser because of this station's mistake? I don't wish ill on anyone, but I hope that there was some accountability for this. I hope the station disciplined the reporter in some way. I'm all for exposing abuse in the church. If it exists, it needs to be dealt with by the church, right? Sin against children, especially by those in authority, must be dealt with. The church should never mount a cover-up campaign. But what happened here? Such things should not happen. Check and double-check your sources and your photos. Well, after reading this article, I snooped around a minute or two and discovered there's another Mike Neifert who is in ministry. The guy lives in Delaware. I hope he keeps his nose clean so that my photo doesn't show up in the wrong places. (laughs) Over the past couple of messages, I've urged you to pray regularly for your unbelieving friends and for your believing friends. For the strained members of your circle of influence, I hope that you're praying for God to remove the blinders that the enemies put on their eyes and their hearts. And for those who are following Jesus, I hope that you're praying for that inner strength that God gives from the Spirit, and that they would be growing in faith and love, as we talked about last week. I know many of you pray 
for me. We're going to talk about praying for pastors today, a group that really needs prayer. I want you to understand that pastors are just believers in Jesus who have been gifted in a certain way to bless the church. And I appreciate your prayers for me as your pastor, and I know that I need prayer. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, that was way too enthusiastic. All right, before we go any deeper into this, let me be clear. I cannot possibly tell you all the ways you might pray for your pastor any more than I could tell you all the ways that you should pray for the lost or all the ways that you should pray for your fellow believers. Every one of these messages as we've been going through them over the last month or so is incomplete, for lack of a better word. It's not that it's bad, but it's just there's hundreds of specific ways that you could pray for a particular person for, or for a group of persons. That said, I hope today God will show you more ways to pray for me and for other pastors than I will talk about. My instruction will be based on passages from Paul along with a single passage from Peter when these men were talking specifically about their roles as leaders in the church and asking for prayer for themselves. So don't let the verses that I read today limit you. Pray however God leads you to pray. I probably should have said this last week and every week in this series. Pray for the lost as God leads. Pray for your fellow believers as God leads. Let God guide you as you pray. Scripture says pray in the Spirit on all occasions. So it's about praying as the Spirit leads you. All right, with that, let's turn to God's Word and see what we can find to guide us in our prayers for the flawed but godly people who bring God's Word to us and give leadership to the church on a regular basis. We're going to start with the words that the Spirit inspired Peter to write concerning those who speak to the church. The words I want us to zero in on are smack dab in the middle of a short bit about actions God calls his church to and about spiritual gifts. So before I read 1 Peter 4, 7 to 11, I want to remind you that each and every believer has gifts from God, which he gives for the good of the church by his Holy Spirit. Peter doesn't list as many of the gifts as Paul does in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 and Ephesians 4. You can go, if you're interested, read those passages and can learn more about how God might gift you. So let's go now to 1 Peter chapter 4. And we're going to read verses 7 through 11. Here's what it says. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Before we talk about anything else, let's look at verse 7. This is one of those wow verses. It starts with that sobering statement, The end of all things is near. This was true in Peter's day. It's true in ours. It will continue to be true until Jesus comes back. The end is near. And because this is true, we need to be alert and of sober mind so that we can pray more urgently, more eagerly, more joyfully. 
Remember the verse from Ephesians 6 that we began with last week? Verse 18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. I kind of quoted it earlier. You heard the word alert and praying there. You hear it again in Peter's words. Alert praying, led by the Spirit in every situation, is commanded and expected and needed. If the end is near, these are the things we must do. And how can we pray for pastors specifically? How does this passage urge alert praying for those who speak God's word? I'd like to suggest that verse 11 gives us some direction there. In praying for those who preach and teach God's word, listen to how the verse begins. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. Man, oh man, oh man. <laughs> there is a very real temptation when you preach again and again and again and again every week, and you have to come up with something to say every week, that you rely on your skills rather than on the Spirit of God, and you speak your words instead of his. That's the temptation. I am 100% sure that from time to time I have strayed into the not led by God territory. I have spoken things that the Spirit had nothing to do with. It happens from time to time. I'm also 100% sure that God has used his word in spite of my lack in those instances to bless and encourage his children because it's his word and he's going to accomplish his purposes, and I'm grateful for that. He can take even my most messed up messages and bring about good. I cling to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11, trusting that God is going to fulfill it every time. It says, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word always accomplishes God's purposes. It always brings about the results he desires. I said that how many times now? This is truth. That said, I want to urge you to pray for me and for every preacher and teacher you know that they would more often than not speak the very words of God and that they would recognize their responsibility to do that, as Peter urges. God put your very words into my mouth. Put your very words into the mouths of every person who stands before the church and brings a message. God, help us to speak your words, not our own. If you will pray like that, and I hope you will, be ready to hear from God then. If you pray that God would speak through those preachers, then you have to be ready to receive what he has for you as they preach, whether you're tuning in on a Sunday morning or if you're in a pew on Sunday morning or if you hit the play button on an old message, if you're expecting God and praying that God would speak his very words through that preacher, then you better pay attention to what comes out of his mouth. And if he starts straying, pray even more. <laughs> All right, time to move on to Paul's writings. Since I've already read to you from Ephesians 6, let's start with that chapter with the words which follow on the heels of Paul's encouragement to be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Take a look at what Ephesians 6, 19 and 20 say. 
Paul writes as the Spirit leads him, and this is what he says to the people of the church in Ephesus. Verse 19, pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So we've already talked about how we want to make sure that the words every preacher preaches are God's, so let's take note of the way in which the preacher is to preach. The word is used twice, you saw it. Paul asks the church to pray that he would preach God's word and that he would spread the good news fearlessly. As a recovering people pleaser and all-around fearful person, that's who I used to be and who I am when I'm not careful, please pray that I would always give forth God's word fearlessly. Pray that I would speak his word without fear because fearfulness leads to compromise. It leads to watering things down. It leads to false teaching. I'm reminded of what Paul told preacher Timothy about his duties in 2 Timothy 4 verses 2 and 3. Paul is writing to this young guy who he's trained up, who God has called to lead a church. And he says this in verse 2. This is 2 Timothy 4, 2 and 3. It says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. Many people want sermons that make them feel good. Messages that affirm their sinful words. Now, I'm not telling you they should feel bad when you come to a sermon every time. I'm just saying that some people just want you to say what they want you to say so that they can feel good and go about their business and do whatever they want. Fearful teachers will give the people what they want. Bold teachers, fearless, will give them what they need. So our prayer should be, God, Help the preachers and teachers to do what you've given them to do without fear so that your church can hear your word and hear the truth. Amen? You get why fearlessness is vital, don't you? Pray earnestly for me and for those others you know who preach God's word. Pray that we would not give in to the pressure to compromise the truth because it is great in our time. Let's read another passage. This one is found in Colossians chapter 4. In verses 2 through 4, Paul asks for two things in regard to the prayers of the people. Let's see what he says. Hear God's word to you and to me. This is Colossians 4, 2 through 4. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So in the previous passage, Paul asked the church in Ephesus to pray for fearless delivery of God's words, for fearless delivery of the gospel. And now writing to the faithful brothers and sisters in the church in Colossae, Paul asks for differently aimed prayers. First, he asked for an open door for the message. I take this to be a request to God that Paul would have opportunities to speak to unbelievers. I think of occasions like the one he had in Athens when he was invited to address a large gathering of thinkers and movers and philosophers. 
and some believed while he was speaking. The second request in these verses is about clarity. He's asking that God would help him string together his words in a way that would make sense to those who hear it. As one who sometimes muddles communication, this is a prayer request I can get behind. I invite you to pray earnestly for me on this. God, please make Mike make sense. (laughs) This kind of praying benefits you as a believer because you can be reminded clearly of the truths of God's word. It also benefits those who aren't believers who need to hear a clear good news message so that they can believe. Open doors for clear teaching. That's what we need to ask God for, for ourselves, and ask that God would do that for every preacher. You know some of the other preachers in town, other pastors. You might know some others who are friends of yours or family members who live at a distance. Please pray for them. Pray that when they talk with people on the street or when they step into the pulpit or when they record a devotional video or whatever they're doing, that truth would be clear, that the Spirit of God would make it clear. God, open doors for your good news. In my life and in the lives of my brothers and sisters who are preaching your word and teaching your word in the lives of every person in your church, God, make it clear so that people can believe. Amen. Have I been clear enough? Clearly. (laughs) You guys are good. All right. Paul asks for prayer again in the first couple of verses of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Listen to what he says to believers who live in a city which has been historically hostile to the gospel. You can read about the mob that ran to the house where Paul and Silas were staying when they were there in Acts chapter 17. They were going to run them out of town on the rail, hang them up by their shoes. I don't know what they were going to do. But this was a hostile place. You ready to hear what Paul's request to this group of believers is? this group of believers who knows what it's like to suffer for Christ? Let's read it. This is what 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 and 2 says. As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was with you, and pray that we may be delivered from wicked and evil people, for not everyone has faith. You get the idea that Paul cares about the spread of God's word. The spread of the gospel. This is the third time we've seen him asking for prayers concerning his message. He's asked for fearlessness in preaching. He's asked for clarity. He's asked for open doors. And now he asks for a rapid spread of God's word. He asks for prayers that the message of the Lord would be honored. Do you hear echoes of 1 Peter 4, 11, which said, If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God? Paul knows The message is the Lord's, not his. That's why he wanted it to spread rapidly, to spread like wildfire. He's preaching for the glory of God. He wants God to be honored and God's word to be honored, for God's word to be held in high esteem and believed. I want more than anything for you to hear a message from the Lord every time I speak. I want him to be honored in your hearts and his word to be honored in your minds. I want you to live for him and the power of the Spirit when you go from this place. It's not just about coming on Sunday. It's about living for Jesus. That's what I desire for you. I would love it if you would pray for the rapid spread of God's word. 
I would love it if you would pray that God's word would be honored, not only when I preach, but when every person who teaches, teaches. God, may your word find its ways into the ears of many as it's preached here and as it's heard online. Spread your good news quickly to the farthest reaches of the earth, including Pratt County. Amen? Now, we're not done with these two verses. There's also this bit in verse 2 about deliverance from wicked and evil people. We know because Ephesians six twelve says it that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil. That This doesn't mean we're making people out to be our enemies. We're simply saying that there are men and women who the devil uses to wreak havoc in the church and in our lives. Paul asked for prayers as he deals with such folks. He asked the church to pray for deliverance from the evil one's ploys and from his attacks that he sometimes perpetrates through people. We ought to pray the same for every preacher and teacher in the church. And I think of people in places all around the world who are in much more danger when they speak God's word than I am. Pray that wicked and evil people, that their ploys and their schemes and their their plots would be foiled, that pastors would be protected, and that evil would be prevented. God, guard your servants from harm to their reputations and to their person so that your word will not fall into disrepute. All right, we got two more passages, and not a ton of time, because you guys want to go eat lunch, right? Yeah, see? That was great. That was perfect. Hebrews 13, 18 and 19. I'll give you a second to find it. Hebrews 13, 18 and 19. Here's what God says through the writer of Hebrews. This is Hebrews 13, 18 and 19. Pray for us. We are sure that we have a clear conscience and desire to live honorably in every way. I particularly urge you to pray so that I may be restored to you soon. Preaching God's word does no good whatsoever if the one that is preaching is not faithful to God in the way that they live. Open, willful sin will destroy not only the pastor's reputation, but also give rebellious folks reason to reject the gospel. Unfaithfulness in living hurts the church, especially with those who are in leadership. Pray for the hearts and minds and actions of every teacher of God's word that you know. Pray that they would resist temptation, knowing the enemy wants pastors to fall. Pray that every preacher's everyday walk would match their Sunday talk. God, guard the thoughts and the steps of every believing, faithful preacher. One more passage, and we're headed back to Ephesians for this. This time, I want us to read Ephesians 4, 11 to 13 I think there are prayers which these verses ought to prompt, though Paul doesn't specifically ask for prayer here. I think they give us an idea of how we ought to pray. So listen to what he writes in Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. 
The church does not function at its peak if the people in the church are not equipped and built up. Prayers should therefore be lifted up to God for those that God has gifted in a way to equip the church and to build it up. Make sense to you? Makes sense to me. If you want unity in the church, if you want knowledge of Jesus to grow, if you want maturity for every believer so that the church can live out life together in love, then we have to pray this way. If you want those things, pray for the folks who preach and teach and lead in the church. God guide pastors as they equip the church for service and as they build up believers. God, I pray that you would bring about unity and that you would bring about maturity as the church hears your word and heeds it and puts it into practice. Amen? My desire as I have preached these three messages on prayer over three Sundays has been that you would be equipped for the work of prayer, to seek God in prayer for the lost and for fellow believers and for preachers. I hope that you found the words that I've spoken helpful and that as you've gone from this place, you've been more intentional and more fervent in your prayer life. Let's close out our time together now with a time of silence. I invite you to respond to what God said to you, and if you can think of a preacher that needs prayer, you probably can think of at least one. A friend, a family member, me, a teacher who's discouraged maybe, a preacher who's encouraged you, I want you to pray for that person. Pray for fearlessness. Pray for clarity when they're speaking God's word. Pray that God's word would spread rapidly through this person and God's word would be honored as they speak. Pray that this person's equipping and building up of the church would be effective. Pray they'd live a life honoring to God. You've got all sorts of things. Let God guide you. Pray for protection from wicked and evil people. However God leads you today, just want to invite you to pray for those that you know who are speaking God's word. Let's do that together. God, I thank you for those who have taught me and whose messages have encouraged me to walk faithfully with you. And I pray your continued blessing on each person who preaches and teaches your word faithfully and honors your word and causes it to be honored in the lives of others. God, I pray that your word would continue to go forth from fearless people people who speak your word clearly so that others can believe. And I pray, God, that you would make your word effective. I pray that you would protect pastors all around this world from those who are evil, who seek to harm them and to cause their reputation to be damaged. I pray that the enemy would be defeated. And God, thanks for a church who prays for me. I'm so grateful for this church and for those who are faithful to pray. And I pray, God, that I would be faithful, that you'd help me to follow you all the days of my life, that I won't become a grumpy old preacher who gripes and complains about everything instead of just being faithful to you. Amen.
We hope you have been encouraged and challenged by today's sermon. If you want to hear each week's message, be sure to subscribe to Friendly Words in your podcast app. May God bless you as you follow Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit.